Hey everyone, welcome back to the iHeart Podcast. My name is Jonathan North, and welcome to a triple feature episode of iHeart Animation. In today's episode, I asked my friend Saul to pick something for us to talk about, and she suggested we look at some more movies from her childhood in the early 2000s. In one of the previous episodes we did together, we talked about a direct-to-video Barbie movie, and I actually really enjoyed making that episode, which seems a bit weird because it's not the greatest in terms of animation, and it's based on a line of fashion dolls for little kids, and I definitely didn't grow up with it like she did. However, the conversation that Sol and I had about it, based on our different perspectives, was really interesting, with her having grown up watching the movie all the time, and me not watching it at all until adulthood just to review it. We ended up having a really great conversation around that, and it's still one of my favorites. And apparently it wasn't just me, because after I used that episode as the second episode of the podcast, it went on to become the most listened to episode of the show, and for some reason, to this day, it still is. Anyway, this time, Soul chose three different movies based on three different lines of dolls from the early 2000s, Bratz, My Scene, and Polly Pocket. Each of these doll lines had a corresponding line of direct-to-video movies, and Soul chose the one she remembered watching most from each. My Scene, Jammin' in Jamaica, Polly Pocket, Polly World, and Bratz, Rock Angels. Like the Barbie episode, I thought we had a great conversation about these movies, and actually, in this case, the conversation we had about the movies was the best part about watching them, because these movies, they were certainly something. Either way, Saul and I had a really fun time talking about them, so it was all worth it in the end. So, uh, do you have a preference? Like, do you want to start with one of them? Like, did you... No, it's up to you. It's your video. I'll roll with it. Okay. So, let's get the worst one out of the way first. (laughs) First of all, like, what did you, like, expect from these movies before seeing it? Like, what what did you expect? Or, like, what was, like, coming in? What what did you think? It was going to be, like, the Barbie movies? Like, you know, because it's completely different, I would say. I think that's probably what I was expecting because I remember when you wanted to watch the Barbie movie and Mm -hmm. not that I like loved it or anything, but I was surprised at how watchable it was. Mm -hmm. And I think I expected these to be the same Mm -hmm. and they weren't. (laughs) Not, not, not all the, not all, they were to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. One of them more than others. I was excited to see this because again, I haven't seen this film to like, 10 years so I find it really interesting kind of go back and see is this you know does it still hold up you know is it still good mm-hmm. so that was what it was interesting for me, to me because I mean I obviously am biased because of course I grew up yeah. watching this a thousand times but so I'm really interested to talk to someone who never ever even heard of them before I told them so mm-hmm. yeah no I had never seen any of these I I know the the brand like I know the, the dolls because my cousins had Polly Pockets in the 90s mm-hmm. they had Barbies they never had Bratz I think that was kind of after our time mm. so I knew I, I knew all the brands though I just had never seen any of these movies yeah no it's interesting how each doll brand wanted to make a movie I personally love Polly Pockets growing up and um my scenes, perhaps not so much. I like the movies, but I didn't like the dolls so much because you could get rid of the feet. And so that was kind of weird. Uh, 
yeah, you have to look it up. It's kind of weird. And then Barbies, they were like meh to me. Like I would like some of them, but my scenes were my thing. But yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to start with this one, but the funny thing about um, how I discovered this film was back when I was little, back uh, in McDonald's for the um, Happy Meal, uh, you know how you always get toys and things like that. But back then, you could get a DVD with two movies, the Max Steel movie and the Barbie, no, the My Scenes Go to Jamaica, Jamming in Jamaica, whatever. So that's how I got it. That's how I discovered it. And that's why I would watch it all the time in road trips and anything like that. So that was really interesting. I don't know how other people found out about this movie, if it was because of McDonald's or not, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah, we can start with this one. Well, we can we can get to the what I think is the worst one later. <laughs> okay. Gonna wait. Since we're already talking about this one, we might as well start with it. Well, with this one, mm-hmm. I, it was the last one I watched. So Precious. right away, I noticed that the animation was the best of all of them. Mm-hmm. I that, agree. That's like the first thing I noticed. I was like, this is like miles better than what I've just watched. The The <laughs> character designs were great. Everything moved really fluidly. I noticed a lot of, I'm not like recycled animation, but like I, I noticed some things being reused a little bit here and there. And I think yeah. they were trying to save money, but they did it in such a way that, I'm I'm noticing this just because I like animation and I notice that kind of stuff. Of but just a random person watching this movie is not going to notice. No. And then they had some montages that weren't like fully animated. It was like pictures of things happening. So that's yeah. a way that they saved money. Plus it was only like 45 minutes compared to the other ones being like an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Or hour and 10 minutes, whatever. So, yeah. Speaking of animation... What did you think of the way they were dancing? Because I find that so hilarious. It looks like they have no skeleton. They're just like yeah. <laughs> animated to dance in such a weird way. And I always laugh so much. Looking at it, it's like, what were they thinking? Yeah, that was another thing that I noticed. They the dancing was odd, but not bad. It right. Was, and that was another thing where I think that they were maybe looping the animation some. Because they, they had like a specific dance sequence for different characters, and I could see it just happening multiple times, it, like from different angles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a little weird. That it was very. I didn't think of it as them not having a skeleton, but it was very loose. <laughs> yeah, no, but also like like you said, I think this one for sure out of the three is the one that flows the most with their faces, their bodies, like even the backgrounds were really pretty. Like when they go to Jamaica, it was like really nice. Mm-hmm. To see that. Um, <clears throat> but I think that one of the biggest highlights of this movie is the music. I think it was so good. Like from when they were to Jamaica, from the actual band. I mean, I was pretty impressed because I mean, making a kid's film with kind of like this rock band, you know, it's not like the easiest thing I would say. And so, I don't know. I feel like the music was really appealing and I was quite surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the music was good, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I was expecting that. I had just watched the Polly one. <laughs> and the music was not that great in that one. The vocals mm-hmm. really left a lot to be desired. So this one was like a significant upgrade from that. Mm-hmm. So I have a funny story. Growing up with my sister, again, we 
so fun fact, this was my first time watching the three films in English because I always seen it in Spanish, so it's interesting. But um, this one, the, the main song that the guy sings, which he has like a beard thing that looks like an arrow. That to me is funny. But um, <laughs> with my sister, for the longest time, we thought that he was saying um, bacteria, bacteria, combustion, combustion. And they we're like, that doesn't make sense. And then years later, we rewatched the movie and then we heard that he said, spontaneous, spontaneous, combustion. Mm -hmm. So we were like, oh, for like so many years. But um, that's what you get for watching the movie in English. But um, <laughs> what did you think of the, the story? The story probably in terms of things ha actually happening, Mm -hmm. was probably the weakest of the three. It, yeah. It felt like a WBCW teen drama just animated. Mm-hmm, yeah. Basically, Barbie and her friends were wanting to watch her boyfriend play in, like, a battle of the bands, and they went to Jamaica. I will say, though, that they explained them, like, paying for the trip better than... <laughs> when I watched the Bratz movie, it was like, how on earth are these 14-year-old girls paying for this trip? <laughs> so when they actually explained that and had them like talking to their parents and working for money so that they could go on this trip, I was like, this this is like a lot better attention to detail in the way. I feel like there was more attention to details for sure. And like, I feel like there was more, I don't know, it, it, like it, it made more sense in the story, I feel like. And oh my gosh, but it was so annoying, the relationship between Barbie and the dude. Were you on his side or on her side? Um, neither, because they weren't talking to each other. And I kept right. like, why, why don't you people just talk to each other? I was like, just be honest with him. And then he was like, are we good? And she's like, yeah. No, you're not. Just say something. <laughs> oh, they were driving me crazy. But yeah, there um, was another thing where I felt like this is just a, a teen drama because mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that happens in teen dramas. Nobody talks about it. All the time. If they would only talk, everything would be solved. Yes. Yeah, just it. Uh, I guess they wouldn't have a whole lot of drama to their plot if they right. talked things out. But yeah, that was that was like the main thing was like nobody was talking to each other. I mean, I did like the um, the twist at the end where, you know, they were disqualified. That was an interesting turn of events. Um, and so they had to figure out a way to kind of like still perform. Um, I mean, the fact that she ran into him in the elevator, the, the main guy, whatever, the, the famous dude, whatever. But I think it could have been even more cliche and it turned out okay, I would mm -hmm. say. So yeah. One thing that I noticed in watching all of these movies mm -hmm was how specific to the time period some of the technology was. This one especially, I noticed Barbie's phone. The, yes! It was like a Nokia brick phone. Like but I you just the, the pictures on the phone is so Yes, funny. yes. It was just, it was like a lot of the stuff, you can tell exactly when this movie was made because some of these things were only made for a short period of time. Oh, yeah. Or were only popular for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. So this could only be made in that little window of time where this thing was actually being used. And yeah, like, they were all made in the early 2000s. And, like, for me, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to go more into details with this with the Bratz movie, but, like, you can see in all of this, even not only the technology, because the computers were, like, also crazy, but 
in the way they were dressed it was so 2000s which i found so funny mm-hmm. yeah there was a lot of things about these that were just very specific to the time period mm-hmm. and it seems kind of weird to be thinking about the early 2000s as a specific time period in the past because it seems like it just happened but it didn't just happen mm-hmm. it's it's been like um we're almost into 2020 so yeah <laughs> it's weird to think how quickly time goes by so do you have anything else about um my scenes jamaica you want to add i don't think so because the weird thing is even though that this is technically what i would consider to be the best movie i i didn't write a whole lot about it i think the more the worse i felt a movie was the more i wrote about it <laughs> the more i felt like i would have to say and this one was just it was fine so yeah, it was I didn't really i didn't yeah. have much by way of criticism or complaints other than what we've already talked about so yeah, yeah. you know i think growing up this one out of the three was the one that i watched the most i think it's just because i own the dvd and i would watch it all the time so i think watching it back this one was i think the one that i enjoyed the most because it was just the one I, you know, I'm more biased towards, I think. I really enjoy the music in this one and um, the characters I found very interesting. So I would say out of the three, that one's the one I enjoy watching the most, I think. Mm-hmm. So which one are we doing to go uh, next, Bratz or Polly Pocket? I think we'll do this backwards from my original okay. plan, but let's do Polly Pocket next because I, I have the most to say about Bratz. Okay. <laughs> okay, why do you have a ringtone that has your name in it. That's like so selfish. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) that's so weird. Um, Thoughts on Polyworld? I was confused by a lot of it. (laughs) Why is everything branded as Polly something or other? Like, who is she? Is she like a celebrity or something? I think so, yeah. Is this movie like part of a series where there's other movies that maybe explain her backstory more? Because no, I there's really no backstory. I've only seen another Polly Pocket movie, which is um, Polly. It, it's just another one where she has like um, a cousin that comes over and they like switch lives, kind of like that, whatever thing. But I don't I haven't seen any movie that explains her background. I just always assumed that she was just kind of this very rich girl that's can do anything pretty much and yeah i just so i guess she lives with her dad but at the beginning i thought she just lived with all these other girls i didn't really i didn't really know what was going on there and then i was confused by the other guy who i guess was their butler mm-hmm. i was i was like who is he to her and then <laughs> i think they said butler later i was like oh okay that makes sense mm-hmm. but yeah there was a lot about her backstory that I just didn't understand. I don't think it was explained. I didn't know if I needed to have watched another movie to get who she right. was. That makes but sense. Maybe they just felt like that kids wouldn't care about that kind of thing, so they didn't bother writing about it, which is yeah. possible. So something that I'm kind of looking at my notes in order of how I watch the movie, I just the first thing I have is very pale. So the movie starts and some of them are kind of color skin in different like tones or whatever. And then Polly and some other characters, literally white, like a paper white. And her hair is kind of white as well. So it's kind of weird because 
the dolls are were always she was always blonde, like more like a mustard, like bright yellow. So this pastel white blonde or whatever really kind of like looked weird with her, like literally this tone of skin. It was really weird. I don't think I noticed her being that pale, but I noticed that she was like the least a colorful of all of her friends. Yeah, which is weird because she's the lead. Like, <clears throat> should be like the focus, but I don't know. Was, I mean, everybody in the movie was a bit bland. Like, I didn't, I, I wasn't really invested with anybody in this movie. Yeah. It was just... It was a thing, I guess. I don't know. Did you ever watch um, The Parent Trap? Because yeah. I was watching this, and the whole like stepmother just marrying her and wanting to, her to board in school reminded me so much for The Parent Trap, which was one of my favorite movies growing up. So that surprised me. This, there was a lot of things about this that felt like they were recycling plot points from other movies. Mm-hmm. Like the, the stepmother. Like, I... I almost at the beginning when they like started introducing the stepmother plot, I was like, it feels like they might actually approach this in kind of a mature way and like have her get a new stepmother and like have to adjust. But then it turned out, no, she's just another evil stepmother who is also collaborating with the school bully to get, to get her sent to boarding school, which is even weirder. (laughs) Yeah. It was bizarre in that way. Yeah. Like, the whole stepmother plot was bizarre. Actually, even though this was bland, it was bl- bizarre in a bland way. Like, she has her own amusement park, unless it's just coincidentally called Polly. Oh, her own one. And what I was surprised, it seems like she had never been there before. And you would have think that her dad, who created the park, would have, like, shown her the park before this, right? Like, you would think inauguration or something because she was like oh my gosh it's my first time kind of like like how <laughs> it seems like it's been open for a while now okay yeah it was a fully functioning theme park so see i, I think know. that's one of the aspects i enjoyed about this film i'm the biggest theme parks fan like i my dream is to one day work at disney world like i'm the biggest theme park so i think watching this film connects that aspect of me because you see them in this rise and all this like challenges and so i think i connect in that sense a lot with it and i find it really fun so i did like that aspect of it because you don't see that many movies that take place in a theme park per se mm-hmm. that was fun uh and i i think this one was very entertaining to me like i had a lot of fun like there were like the clues even though the clues were like you know, for, for little kids, because all this is made for kids, but I still, there was an element of like, oh, what's going to happen next? And um, there's always these challenges and games. And I don't know, I thought it was like the story kept you entertained a lot, I think, in my personal opinion. I was a little bored, but it, I think it would be a lot more entertaining to someone younger. Yeah. I didn't really understand, like, this is probably just one of those things where they're writing for kids and they're not going to bother to explain it. But like, why was this game show just randomly coming to their school and having the entire school participate on their game show? <laughs> I learned that in some movies, logic doesn't apply, you know? And yeah. it's like, even Pixar films, who you think, oh my gosh, they're so intricate. Some things don't even make sense, you know? Like fish talking to birds and like things like that in Finding Dory. But you kind of like just go with it. And so 
I don't super like overthink the plot in these movies because I know they were meant for entertainment for kids. So mm. that's kind of how I see it. But I mean, of course, its story is important, but some things I do let slide. But I was quite surprised how well she took the marriage things. She was like, she was like, oh, this is my new fiance. Oh my gosh, we're so in love. She's like, oh, cool. I don't be like, who is she? I how? Why did you propose to her before? Like, I barely know her. Like. The, do they not live together? Did she not visit often to like know her before? I was confused in that situation. Yeah, I think that's another thing that they just didn't bother to explain well because I feel like a movie like this, it has an opportunity to like talk about something like this mm-hmm. in a mature way, like mm-hmm. that could actually maybe help a little kid who might yeah. end up going through this same thing. Mm-hmm. And then they just blew their opportunity <laughs> because there was nothing realistic about the relationship at all. Yeah, for sure. And it would, it would have been better if they had actually approached this in like a way that maybe some kid could get something out of. Mm-hmm. Instead, they just kind of reinforced the whole evil stepmother stereotype, except made it even worse and weirder. Not, I mean, not as bad as like Snow White with. Yeah, Cinderella with being enslaved or poisoned, but <laughs> and she was still it was ridiculously collaborating with her bully. Which is yeah, that that the bully girl. She was something. She was really <laughs> dedicated to destroying Polly. Um, speaking of going back to um Polly Pocket and how full of herself she is, her team name was Team Pocket. Like. <laughs> What? <laughs> Didn't you want to consider your friends? No, Team Pocket. <laughs> it's like, okay. That is, um, that is a good point. I never thought about that. A lot of a lot of what she did was framed as being sort of selfless and being like almost too good. Mm-hmm. A perfect, yeah, perfect child. But you have a point there. There were some. I don't know, maybe questionable things about some of her behavior. Yeah, I mean, you have a theme part with your name. I mean, she is young. I can understand. <laughs> um, but you know what scene I actually really enjoyed? Um, when they have um, the reveal of each room. I thought it was so ridiculous, but so fun. It's like going to a room that looks like a beach, and then one that is like the Wild West, another one that is like skateboarding. I thought like, that would be my dream to go to a hotel like that. So I was, I had fun in that scene, but it was so ridiculous. Like how did they put the sand in this? This is so high, like so hard to maintenance. <laughs> how they clean this every day. <laughs> but again, it's just those things that you just have fun with it. I, I really like that scene. Yeah. That's something that I didn't think about, like how maintaining the rooms. The thing <laughs> that I did think about was, I really liked that the teacher got the skateboarding room and she just yeah. she just went with it. She just started skateboarding around the room. <laughs> Love that. And she's like, I'm not going to change it. Good <laughs> message to early 2000s feminism. We love that. Break the stereotypes. <laughs> also, they had like a fashion show in the limo. That was interesting. I don't know. It's just so random. I think part of it, because I remember having the Polly Pockets and um, they would sell a lot of like the airplane and you could change her outfits. She had like a runway. So I feel like also this movie was targeting things that you could buy, you know, 
like for the kids, it's like, hey, you like this fashion show thing? Well, guess what? Because there was also a Polly Pocket that played the guitar and stuff and stuff like that. So I think they're also targeting the things that we're selling. Mm -hmm. So we well, also the factor of the ridiculousness. Uh, speaking of selling things, I noticed very prominently in multiple scenes the Popsicles brand logo. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm wondering if Popsicles maybe were sponsoring this, and not just generic Popsicles like the Frozen Treat, like Popsicles right. brand with the specific Popsicles logo very prominently. That's too funny. <laughs> God. That's great. Also, speaking of the finale, I'm so confused how they were like locked on this gar well, garage, let's call it a thing, and then they pop out on stage and they have a different outfit. And I'm like, in two seconds, how, what? <laughs> like if you told me like, oh my gosh, while we're here downstairs, look, I have sisters, oh my gosh, there's a shirt, cool, let's like change our outfits to something cool, what with the things we have down here? And then it's a reveal, but you didn't see that. It was just like, oh, I found the button, and then whoop. No, I think that's just another thing that we have to chalk up to. They weren't thinking it through, like they didn't want to over-explain. It's just like, kids won't care. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, with the last movie, with the specific to the era technology in this one it was pdas mm. because pdas were like a thing that were only around for like a couple years right before the advent of smartphones yeah i remember that specific window of time because i wanted one so bad no way. That's <laughs> like, cool. I, it was like it's a computer you can hold in your hand mm -hmm. and then cell phones were basically the same thing once they came mm -hmm. out and they're better than PDAs because PDAs you had to like use a little stylus and poke things with a teeny little pen. And mm. yeah, so it was just kind of weird seeing them play such a prominent role when they don't really have a prominent role in history. They're one of those things that came and went really fast. That's really interesting. Maybe they thought it was going to be like the next big thing. But going with the technology again, um, when, you know, Paul is like, you know, leaving to the boarding school, whatever. And one of the friends is like, I'm going to email you every single day. And it's like, email someone? Wow, this is old. Oh, uh, <laughs> emails their friends anymore. You text them, you Facebook Messenger, you whatever. There's so many other ways. I still email my cousins because they don't have cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say in general. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And speaking of something in along that line, another thing that they talked about the PDAs having full IM access, full instant messenger access. Like no, nobody, I mean, technically we do still have instant messaging, but nobody calls it that anymore. No. <laughs> so yeah, this movie was more... Um, of a down memory lane that we expected. It was like, yeah. you know, like a capsule of like a time in the 2000s. So. Yeah, very much so. I, and that was what, another thing that I wasn't really expecting out of these. But yeah, I was surprised because you didn't like the songs, but I, I kind of like the songs. I thought they were like endearing. Again, I think it's just connected to me being biased, but I really like the songs. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that the songs were bad. They just were not as good as the other two movies. I agree. They, were, they weren't as polished. I think yeah, for sure. 
the music and vocals specifically i think the lyrics were a little bit better they were they were a, a lot of these a lot of the lyrics in the movies really suffered from being very generic lyrics like they probably was somebody trying to get these songs out as fast as they could yeah so this one i think they put a little more thought into the lyrics but the music was not as good as uh, even Bratz. Like Bratz, the music was way better than this. Yeah. And um, you know what storyline I felt bad for? You know, the girl was afraid of roller coasters and then she was like made to do that roller coaster. If I was in her situation, I'd be like, uh, no, I'm not going to that roller coaster. I don't want to die. <laughs> Screw this contest. No, thank you. <laughs> I cannot do roller Like I can do some roller coasters, but not that kind so i felt so bad for her because their friends was like peer pressure her and they were like no it's okay but i feel bad for that girl that was the one character i cared for (laughs) yeah and then by the end it was like she'd gotten over the fear because she i think she voluntarily went on at the end yeah because she wanted to beat the other guy the other girl and I don't think that that would actually happen to somebody with a legitimate fear of roller coasters no (laughs) from experience no (laughs) Do you want to jump into your favorite one, clearly? Bratz? <sighs> Rock Angels. This, yeah, Bratz, Rock Angels. This was a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, how old were these girls supposed to be? Because I thought they were no like idea. 12 to 14. But I then they're like, they were like 16 at least. Maybe I don't know. They didn't look like it, but like their their designs are so disproportionate to actual humans that it's really hard to tell what they were going. Well, I mean, but think about it. Will a twelve year old go to London by herself? And her no, that was what confused me because, yeah. like, it, when it started, I was like, these kids are like fourteen, but then they started like starting a magazine and going to yeah. London and. It's like, no, they can't be that young, but yeah, like there was almost no adults in this movie except for the evil one, yeah, <laughs> and I guess somebody later on, but yeah. it was it was very weird, and the one thing that I noticed or I didn't notice at all, but I found out later when I looked up on i m d b of big names in this movie, no like, one <laughs> Tia Maori was one of the brats, Sasha mm. he, he was like huge in the nineties. Uh, Soleil, I think that's how you pronounce Soleil Moon Fry. She was big in the eighties and nineties, and I don't, I didn't recognize this name right off, and I have not seen Mean Girls, but okay. one of the Mean Girls, Casey, was Lacey Chabert. No way. From Mean Girls, so it was fitting that she played a Mean Girl, and then Kaylee Cuoco played Kirsty, and I was like, <laughs> I didn't. I did not pick her voice out at all because they talked in like a kind of squeaky voice. My jaw dropped like Kaylee Cuoco is in this movie. So I started listening more after that and I could pick her out a little bit. Like when she was not doing the squeaky voice, like Mm -hmm. when she got hurt at some point, her voice went to like almost normal human tones. (laughs) So I was like, okay, that one is Kaylee. (laughs) I'm going to rewatch those scenes. (laughs) And then the editor-in-chief of the magazine, Bernie Maxwell, was played by Wendy Malick. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense that she has the perfect voice for this. I, and then I knew him instantly, which I guess that kind of makes sense because I don't remember what it was called, but there was a sitcom 
that took place in a magazine. Mm. And she might have been an editor in that sitcom Just too. Not to that. It could have been. I don't know. But she has like the perfect voice. And like her other big animated role that I know of is the mom on Emperor's New Groove. Oh. And I feel like this is like the opposite of that. But I think yeah. it's closer to her role on that sitcom. Hmm. But yeah, I was like, I, I expected everybody in this movie to be like regular voice yeah. actors. Like, and I and when I was looking through, I noticed a lot of na- voice actor names that I recognized. I now I just all I want to do is one day find Kaylee Cook and be like, I've been a fan. Mark <laughs> <laughs> Angels. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's my goal in life. <laughs> yeah, I was so surprised to find out that she was in this movie. I don't think it went to theaters, right? I feel like it was straight to DVD kind of thing. I probably, I, I hope this didn't go to theaters. It did not look good enough for theaters. (laughs) 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 This, this is like worse than Toy Story in terms of animation. Like, so funny because growing up, it's like I, I didn't realize how bad the animation was, and then watching this, I was like. Wow, this is hard to watch. <laughs> no, and that was another thing that I was so surprised with because I had seen the Barbie movie that we watched mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And I expected this to be better than that because, like, oh. Bratz was supposed to be, like... When Bratz came out, it was like, these, these are the new Barbies. They're so much cooler. They're so much better than Barbies. And I just expected that they were going to go for that with the movie, too. I expected an upgrade in the animation quality. Mm-hmm. No, Barbie Barbie is so much better than Bratz. <laughs> this is like this the animation was borderline awful in some places. Especially anytime the hair was shiny. <laughs> the hair was good, but anytime anything was supposed to happen fast, like the one of the big plot points was the the boys in the movie were were skateboarders. Yeah. It looked horrible every time they were like trying to do anything. It just looked awful. Yep. <laughs> I just, yeah. So the my biggest surprise was just how bad the animation was. I, I guess I, since we'd watched the Barbie movie, I guess I had my expectations way too high. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I was so surprised. I mean, I knew it was going to be bad, but it's like growing up, it wasn't a big deal to me. And then I was like, Wow, how has technology changed? Yeah, this <laughs> I don't is, clearly had a very low budget or something like that. This is another example of like they just they want to make something and sell it to kids, and they don't kid they think well kids aren't going to care, and I guess for the most part they're probably right. <laughs> the kids just see their favorite characters and like, woo, we don't care. It's it's our favorite characters doing things. Yeah, and I feel like they're so cool with their outfits and the music. So, like, you don't even, as a kid, don't even think about, ooh, look at the details of this and that. No, you're just looking at, like, what mm-hmm. is going on, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. So, a funny thing to me is um, about the, um, the twins that are evil is that I got a nose job, like, five months ago. And it's funny because... A month after the surgery, I literally kept hitting my nose all the time because I was taking care of a baby all the time, and he kept like hitting me. And so I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can relate to this character." <laughs> so that was the one relatable thing in this movie. <laughs> but that's it. That, that's like, something I, I know. 
that's not something I, w- I even thought about. I just figured that was just a random cartoon thing. I didn't think it was based on anything real. <laughs> Maybe that's just something that happens. <laughs> that's what happened to me. So, I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about the story a little bit. Um, thoughts. It was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. I mean, I, it's like at first I was all about the magazine thing. Yeah, I was like a bit confused, like you know, to make a magazine, it's a lot of money. You know, it's like you can't just be like a magazine. You yeah. know, it's a bit different. But I was like, okay, we're gonna go for it. Um, and then they get the tickets to go to London, but they get those for free because they were supposed to be like the old ladies. So I understood how they got the money for that. I like the whole story overall, but the thing that bothered me was the very last moment that they just become a rock band in four hours i'm like no and they just sign like a record deal all like i feel like if you they're like focus on the magazine aspect or the rock aspect or if they would have been like rock stars whatever i would just been like oh that was like a one-time deal i wouldn't have made them like go on tour and things like that you know it's like oh that was a funny experience haha then we just go back to the magazine it's like when I was watching, I was like, I was just waiting for something to happen for them to like get the ideas to start a band. But like, mm-hmm. it was right off the bat, they were doing magazine things. Mm-hmm. And it was just building this magazine and doing all these things for the magazine. And like you said, it was, wasn't till the end mm-hmm. that they, and they weren't even like trying to be a band. They were like disguising oh. themselves as a band to get into a party. Yeah. And I like, I wrote 10 minutes before the end of the film, they decided to disguise themselves as a rock band to get into the concert after their tickets were stolen. This is the most contrived way to sell the same dolls with a brand new outfit I've ever seen. <laughs> and then later, like just a few minutes later, it says, oh, and now the main band just broke up, conveniently opening up a spot. I was wrong. This is the most contrived way to sell the same dolls with a brand new outfit. <laughs> is great <laughs> yeah like overall like, i didn't have a problem with the story until the very end i was like really that was just seemed too convoluted but yeah I, I felt like everything was convoluted like them actually starting a magazine like even if they're 16 how yeah. are they getting the funds to get this loft or this apartment or whatever they're turning into this magazine the place looked like garbage, both in terms of animation and in terms of like what they meant needed for the story. Yeah. And then they turned it into this chic, modern, awesome looking business with amazing furniture and amazing appliances, fixtures. Everything looked amazing. Yeah. I mean, it didn't look amazing. It looked horrible, oh. but like it was supposed to look amazing. You're right. <laughs> it's like none of this makes any sense. And then going to London, yes, they had the tickets to the party, but did the tickets include the plane tickets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's all included um, with flight and everything. Okay, that makes a little more sense because I was just like, these girls do not have the money. <laughs> Unless they're very rich, which I guess I didn't even... I mean, they're like shopping every two seconds, so I also think they're pretty rich. They're like, okay. shopping every two seconds. <laughs> that, was, that was a thing that happened a lot in these movies. The kids shopped a lot. So yeah. these must be wealthy kids. Mm-hmm. That did not happen for me growing up. We did not just no. shop. 
I'm just, I'm feeling sad. Let's shop. <laughs> no, <laughs> we could not have afforded that. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I think the shopping is just kind of like targeting this stereotype thing of like yeah. young kids liking, you know, new things and they're like cool outfits and like makeovers, like the stereotypical, like fun thing kids like. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a doll thing because they can get new outfits for the dolls and tie it into the toys. And when they're building the loft or the Mm -hmm. apartment or whatever they're doing, the place that they're going to house the magazine offices in, they're like trying to renovate. And one of the boys has a gun and he's shooting the walls with the gun, but it's like shooting this paste out, like to fix the walls. And I was like, did these people even study carpentry? Because if they did, I'm way out of the loop. What kind of a gun shoots paste that fixes walls? Yeah, because then they do like a like a nod to James Bond with the hole. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it might have been the same character later with the water gun. Like they do, they just think guns equals boys, so they got to give the boys guns. But then the the water gun fight was so horrible. It was. It was. He just went like well, two then, first, That's it. Like yep. he sh- he shot her with the water gun, and then she fell dramatically, like she'd actually been shot. <laughs> it's like it's so bad. But it's like it's bad that it's kind of amusing. <laughs> I guess that's true because I I laughed at how bad it was. So um, we get to London. Well, do you want to first, like, kind of go, like, in order? So, like, first, Jade gets this internship with Bernice. I like the, the, the mean woman. I think she did a good job with, like, her character. I thought, I love the, the scene where she's like, carbs, carbs, you're fired. That, that, was a, are fired. that was another thing that didn't really make sense. But I think looking back at the movie, it made a little more sense because – her reaction to being served a hamburger was so ridiculously over the top. She mm-hmm. fired her on the spot. And then these other the two evil girls, they like insult her to her face and she doesn't fire them. Yeah. So that didn't make any sense. But like looking back, the, the, the longer the movie lasted, the more outlandish the behavior got. So I think that they were going for something to be like a funny cartoon yeah. Which I, I thought this was supposed to be a little more serious at the beginning, so I was confused by a lot of weird things. Like, she fell down an elevator shaft. Like, I was like, okay, well, she just died. <laughs> but then she's back later and fine. But there's a lot of, like, cartoony moments. Like, when they're in their plane and the guy gets jealous and just, like, laser the head of the other one. There's, like, a lot yeah. of, like, gags that are just kind of, like, their imagination, I think. I, I picked up more of that later. I was like, this is more to be cartoony mm-hmm. than it is serious but I at the beginning I was so confused by these weird things happening <laughs> so yeah she gets fired and that whole moment kind of reminded me of the devil wears Prada I don't know if you've ever seen that movie hmm. uh, it's kind of the same um interaction like the main fashion lady uh, it's treating her internship like lady in the fashion world super poorly so that reminded me a lot I, of I kind of wondered because I have heard of that movie and I felt like that this was kind of cobbled together from things that I'd heard about movies like that it just felt like a repeat of that type of character and then so they create their magazine 
they decide to get Cole Bratton. So they go to London. What I did like was uh, the focus on fashion. I think it was really cool, the the punk look of the... Because usually, you know, you have the Barbie, everything's pink and blah, blah, blah. And I like this twist of it that, you know, they were really into, like, this more punk vibe and, like, coloring their hair. So that was interesting to me. Yeah, and going back mm. one step, the coming up with the name Bratz, I did actually like that they called themselves brats on purpose, like trying to reclaim it from their, they were being bullied by being, by these yeah. calling them brats. So I did like that. That's where the name was supposed to come from was like, they were taking it back, but then they were coming up with the logo. And I was like, I wish graphic design was that easy because she just tapped on the keyboard a little bit and then fully formed logo appears and I <laughs> more and then all blinged out with the halo and everything. It's like, okay, well, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the the prince guy, the duke? I hated him. Oh my gosh, I I hated him as a child, and I still hate him today. <laughs> when I when he first started talking, I was like, "This is the worst British accent I've ever heard." But then I found out the guy is actually British. No like, way. I think, I think he must have been playing up a specific aristocratic accent because it sounded so horribly fake it just sounded so bad (laughs) just everything about him just was fake i was like why does this girl even like this guy almost the moment where he like has to fight with chloe and she's like whatever you can leave and then starts flirting with the other girl like in front of chloe literally like do you believe in love at first sight? And like, I've never felt this way before with any other girl. It's like in front of Chloe. I was like, what? It? Jack. I was like, wow. That was a move. That yeah, was he was a bad character who was badly written and behaved badly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so mad at Chloe. Like that she kept bailing on the friend. It's like, I know it's supposed to be part of the story, but like, we're not taking these magazines serious. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no and they all start fighting so they get first to the the club right because she finds a dog the jasmine finds a dog and oh yeah and they let her in we barely see so funny so they show them having the party and literally it's only them and like the the men like literally and they're just like partying and i was like what? Where's everyone else? <laughs> they didn't have the budget to animate extra party guests. Clearly not. And then we finish with the rock moment at the end. I did like the introduction of being kind of saying like, oh, want to know our story? That was kind of like a cool, like, I like that introduction. And then tie to the end and just connect the whole thing. But um, what did you think of the music? The music was actually the best part of this whole thing. Yeah. I was surprised at how good the music was. Right? The, the lyrics, not so much. If you like listen to the lyrics, they're very, very generic. Of but course. the music itself, it sounded like Destiny's Child. Yeah. Very Destiny's Child to me. Like the very specific early 2000s kind of R&B, mm-hmm. hip-hop, rocky sound. It, it was actually good. And I was not expecting that. I mean, I guess I should have because it was called Rock Angels, but like the rest of the movie was so bad, I didn't expect them to step it up for the music. 
<laughs> but you know, I agree. Definitely, the music is a, it's a quite a highlight. And it's interesting how these three movies they all focus at one point in music a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that too when I was watching the last one. I was like, yeah, this one has a very specific band focused element to it as well. It wasn't as prominent in the poly one. It was cut. The poly one was kind of an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, they're part of a band too. Yeah. But this, they all had specific bands focusing in the plot. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. That was random. <clears throat> yeah. But that was an interesting coincidence. No, but I think the music in this one it seemed kind of mature. Like I was really surprised, and I like that. It was. Like it's a song that I could listen to in the car and be like, okay, this is something I could listen to. Yeah. Just don't listen to the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know what the lyrics are. So I'll never pay attention. I'm just doing also like the montage at the end. It's kind of weird when they're singing that last song. The transitions and the colors are something else. Let's say that. <laughs> they were so lazy when they were animating the whole like them visiting London. They were just, there's the, London flag. And then I, just, I wrote like, about that. I wrote a specific line about that. It was just spending like 30 seconds running back and forth in front of the UK flag while the song played, living it up. Yeah, we're going to have fun. Living it up. Yeah, we're getting it done. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that over and over and over again. So deep. <laughs> and that, was, that was the level of song, the, of lyric writing that was happening in yeah. the whole movie. Another line that I wrote down from one of the songs that stuck out was, this is how we do what we do when we're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I didn't expect Shakespeare writing in this. So, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Oh, another thing that I noticed in, I think, both this one and the Polly Pocket one, they had a lot of weird made-up words hmm. like when they, they were given a groovalicious recording contract <laughs> i want to share it with the word groovalicious now <laughs> there was a lot of weird words like that that were supposed to be like really hip or whatever mm-hmm. just trying to be cool i guess i don't know it was just weird and they really they stuck out like a sore thumb to me it was just so bizarre and specific to this world like you never hear yeah. people talking like this in real life yeah like bucket now i'm remembering like a lot of very cringy like one-liners like that very yeah. like trying to be hip I was I was too tired while I was watching that one or I might have written down some of those because there were more in Polly Pocket than here but yeah. that, the Groovalicious one really stuck out to me. <laughs> Love that. If you had to recommend this, any of these three, three films to like a little kid you might know, like you meet a nephew or cousin, whatever, would you recommend any of these three or like not at all? If they really wanted to watch a movie about any dolls, I would say maybe the My Scene one because it was the least weird, the most normal, mm-hmm. the the least cringy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but like the Barbie movies, at least from what I've seen, even though they don't have the greatest animation, yeah, they're still better than all of these in terms of like entertainment value and actually giving children something entertaining to watch that makes sense. 
Like the Barbie movies seem to have actual thought put into them beyond mm-hmm. we need to sell some dolls here. Yeah. Really, the Bratz movie, it was just like they're trying to sell these dolls and they're just building this movie around selling some dolls. They yeah, it's really interesting learning how like one company took this whole idea of movies and you know, to this day, Barbie's still making movies. Mm-hmm. The newer ones are not as good, but you know, they're still doing pretty good. And you never heard of any more Bratz movies or Polly Pocket movies, like they're not as big as the Barbie movie. So it was really also interesting to see why. Yeah. The the Barbie movies seem to have proven themselves as an actual entertaining brand for entertainment rather than just toys. Yeah. So yeah, again, if you want to, I mean, you pretty much told me your rank. So the best one for you is My Scenes, Jamaica, then Polly Pocket, and then Bratz. I think... If I had to rewatch any of this again, I would say the Jamaica one again, like you, and then I would say Rats with Friends, because it's usually my friends are drunk, they would find it hilarious. <laughs> and um, and in Polly Pocket, I personally really enjoyed it, and I would actually recommend those to like little kids, because I, I legit found it really fun. But mm-hmm. I like them all, but I do, but I am 100% biased. This were one of my favorite films growing up. So I do know they're not great, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, it's kind of hard to see them critically knowing that I, they have such a sweet spot in my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. I figured that was the way it was going to be for you because yeah. you grew up with these. I definitely didn't. But it was so interesting to see like a completely different perspective. I love that. It's super interesting. Yeah, yeah that's why even though this is not something that I would seek out for myself, I like talking about this kind of thing with somebody who like grew up with it or knows about it or enjoys it just because it's so interesting to hear a completely different perspective on it. But we did agree on a lot. We both agree it's quite cringy. Yeah. But, yeah. But tolerable in some way. Not the lyrics, but the music. <laughs> yeah, no, the I was surprised at how listenable the music in the Bratz movie was. There you go. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that'll be all for these. Do you awesome. want to let people know where they can find you? You can find me in the YouTube channel, Animation Geek. Okay, and I will have links for that down below. So thanks for joining me, and I guess we'll see you in another episode then. Yes, oh my gosh, so many more cringy movies to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I want to review another movie with you in the future. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm quite an expert in those. <laughs> okay we'll have to figure out what we're going to talk yep. about okay well I guess we'll see you next time then thanks again to Soul for joining me I'll have a link to her channel in the description below and if you enjoyed this episode make sure to check out episode 2 of the podcast for our review of Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia Okay, next time, like I teased in the previous episode, will be the first episode of Oztober. All month long in October, I'll be joined by guests to talk about different versions of The Wizard of Oz and other Oz stories from L. Frank Baum. In the first episode of the series, I'll be joined by Eli Sanza to talk about the most famous adaptation of The Wizard of Oz, the 1939 version starring Judy Garland. Eli loves watching and talking about old cinema, so I thought he'd be the perfect guest to kick off this new series. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the first episode of Oztober on the iHeart Podcast.